All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. And SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbark. I've got a great guest. I've got a great uh, episode lined up for us. But before we dive too deep, I want to give you sort of the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we are here to work out our hardships, trials, tribulations, all of that in such a way that we can begin to unfold God's plan for our lives. But you may be listening and you may be saying, okay, Dustin, but why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is we all have stuff. We all have hardships. It's not, it's not if, it's when they're going to happen. And these things can even start to accumulate in our lives and even change the trajectory of our lives. So I think it's very important that we have a safe place to come together and be able to share these experiences and be able to lay the groundwork for turning hardships and tragedy into triumph. Now, all of that being said, I want to introduce a great guest to you today, Miss Wendy Spooner. Could you please tell everybody hello? Hello. I'm happy to be with you today, Dustin. Man, we are so excited to have you on board today. Now, Miss Wendy uh, resides in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And it is hot right now. <laughs> yes. And so we're battling the weather. You know, we're just coming through uh, Hurricane Sally. So we've had tons of rain oh. down here and you're dealing with quite the opposite. You're dealing with the wildfires. Yes. The heat and the wildfires. Total so, contrast. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so with the, with the wildfires, well, what are you experiencing in your immediate area right now? In my immediate area, there are no fires, but the amount of smoke that is blowing across the border from California is extensive. Um, When the sun sets every night in the west, as we look towards California, it's just a thick red haze of smoke. I feel so bad for the Californians. My goodness. It's just uh, when I, when I turn on the news, it's just, it's just uh, very wild at how this stuff is spreading and and all of that or is there any fear uh, of it of it coming into phoenix you know i think that there always is um we have quite the fire crews here though because there's always threats of fires here so all of the hot shot teams and the many 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 fire stations all over the place they're just um they're very capable and so you know, of course, there always is some fear, but not really, not okay, right so, here. So, Miss Wendy, you are a genetic genealogist. Tell me, tell yes. me a little bit about that and how that came to be, and and some of your experience uh, being a genetic genealogist. Well, I was halfway through my master's in marriage and family therapy when I just felt like I was not on the correct path that God wanted me to be on. And I started looking at my life and thinking of where was I spending all of my free time. It was researching my ancestors and it was, it was such a joy for me. I got so much joy out of adding someone to my family tree when I found them or adding a child to a family that I, that I hadn't found yet. And I, um, during this time, um, my father's, my husband's father was adopted. And at this time, we found my husband's biological grandmother. Uh 
and connected with that family. And we were welcomed with open arms. And it was a life-changing experience on so many levels. And I was attending some genealogical conferences at the time. And I heard a woman speak. Her name was Cece Moore. And she's one of the leaders in the field of genetic genealogy. And this was back in 2012. And I saw something there. And, and God told me, this is your path. So I started looking for a graduate program in genealogy. And I found a fantastic one at the University of London that had just received its accreditation the day before I found it. And so I immediately switched programs and um, worked my way through that grueling three-year program. And then um, before I was done with school, I established my genetic genealogy business, Know My Roots, and started taking adoptees or those with unknown parentage, which is usually a father. It's amazing how many people do not know who their biological fathers are. And then um, I started searching people's families and connecting them with their families. So tell me this, Wendy, what, what was it that, that you think really drew you to this idea of genetic genealogy? What, what was it that fired your engines? Why, um, why do you think you were drawn to that? I was drawn to that for two reasons. The first reason was um, the transformation of my father-in-law, who um, not only was he adopted, but he was an only child adopted. And he also was not told he was adopted until he was about 50 years old. And his parents had both died when he was a teenager. So he thought he was literally an orphan in this world with no siblings. Wow. And when he found out he had six living siblings that couldn't wait to meet him, my husband said he saw the weight of the world lift off of his father's face. And his father had never been interested in pursuing his biological family because he felt like he may disrupt somebody's life. And um, sometimes that's the case, but it often isn't the case because in our society, people have become much more accepting. And it also seems like everyone is seeking their families you know, that's right now. That's so huge, Miss Wendy, especially uh, in the times that we're in where it's easy to feel uh, alone. It's easy to feel distracted. It's easy to, to feel angry when you look around at, at what all's going on. But it's so important that we stay the course, that we uh, understand that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives uh, and that we're never truly alone. But it's so easy to feel that way. And what a huge story. Uh, right there and and to go all those years and think that you are by yourself and there are siblings out there um, you know who you could have been in contact with all along but what freedom that brought through this whole idea of genetic genealogy now how do people uh, how do people find you do you work for a company are you are people come to you for help in their background how does that how does that work Yes, yeah, so people usually search online for a genetic genealogist, and so they'll find my website, or they will find me on the Association of Professional Genealogists uh, directory online. 
And um, that's how most people find me. I don't advertise. I um, have never needed to do that. I honestly would have more work than I could handle if I advertise. So, um, yeah, that's how people find me. And, and I think about this, health. I think about people's health. Like, it's so important. Um, for people who may be dealing with health issues, uh, uh, not really certain of why or really what's going on in their life, um, mm -hmm. that's critical information to kind of know, kind of know your background, where you came from, uh, to know, you, you know, um, who's faced this in the past and, and all of those kind of things on top of other things like generational sin and all kind of, of stuff that you may be, uh, you may be geared or wired to that you don't have any idea about. Would you, would you say that all of that could kind of play into this as well? Yes. Yeah, so some people that come to me that want to find their biological families, uh, they will say that is the number one reason they want to find them so they can find out their medical history. Um, but usually it turns into to so much more than that. But here's a tip for your listeners. If that is your sole reason for wanting to find biological family, take a DNA test with the company 23andMe because that is their main purpose is to give you health reports based on your genetics. Okay, okay. So they would reach out to someone like yourself if they wanted to go deeper. Yes, exactly. Okay. If they wanted to find out like the sure enough roots, they would reach out to someone like you. Yes. I got you. And so you've got a book out, Once Upon an Irish Summer. Could you take me through that and, uh, and, and kind of the reason and the background about, about how you came to writing this book? I fell in love with this particular family during research. And, and there's something about traveling to ancestral sites. It's unbelievable to me what I can feel. It's like my ancestors are there. They um, have things they want me to know. And I believe it is all God-driven because as we connect ourselves to our ancestors, we are also connecting ourselves to other people's family trees. We are intertwining the branches of our trees with everybody across this world. Beautiful. And we know that truly we all have two common ancestors, Adam and Eve. And it, as people seek out their families, it is bringing us closer together globally as God's family. No racism. Who cares about race? We are literally the human race and we are God's children. So um, this story about Alan Hamilton, this kid that left Ireland alone as a teenager to find a way to save his family. In 1817, he crossed the Atlantic alone, and then here he was all by himself in Canada is where he started. And his story of getting off of the ship with typhus fever, so sick that he almost died, it's his journey after that. He was told he had to go to the United States to survive the coming winter. He had to go south. So that's how he ended up in the U.S. And then it's who he became in the United States. And he was an abolitionist long before the Civil War. And all of the other many things he did um, 
to um, create change, to create opportunity for everyone around him, as well as bringing his family over from Ireland. Yes. He's so inspiring to me what he overcame um, and how he traveled penniless in that time and how he created opportunities with God on his side. Amazing. He was a very religious Methodist. And um, there's a 200-year-old letter collection that he saved, which are the letters that his parents wrote to him during this time that he went to America and the years before that they were able to join him. And these letters are full of the most beautiful faith you have ever heard in your life. And people really don't speak this way anymore. The letters are just incredible. And these were people going through horrific times in Ireland that just clung to their faith in God. What can, so, you, can I pause just for a second? What, what were people facing in Ireland at this time? So this was pre-famine, but it was what the English were doing to the Irish at this time. They were um, oppressing the people with tax laws so that they were losing their land, losing their livelihoods, and um, typhus fever, fever showed up. So as the economy imploded and the food sources became very scarce and people started to experience serious mal malnutrition, that is when disease always sets in in a population. Yep. And that is what happened. And then on top of that, there were potato blights that were starting. It wasn't the big famine, but they already, um, their crops were starting to fail. So it was food, it was disease, and it was the oppression from the English. And on top of that, it was religious warfare between the Catholics and the Protestants. And that was all happening at the same time. You know, amazing similarities to what you see some of now. Exactly. You know, that is huge. That is crazy how history can repeat itself and how much we can learn from our past. But, but we're almost doomed to just keep repeating it. Yeah, unless we don't, right? right? Unless, unless we don't. We so, <laughs> yeah. So, so continue on. I'm sorry. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to be clear uh, to the listeners of how of how much um, something like this could resonate with nowadays. Yes, and it does. And I read people's feelings about that very thing in the reviews that they write on this book. So another aspect of it is that I wanted to draw in the youth of today into this story. And so I wrote a dual timeline book. And so the present day character is a 15 year old girl who is a gifted artist struggling with debilitating grief. Okay. There's been a death in her family and you can totally relate to this. We all can, right? And um, it's her journey researching this young man. So she gets hired for the summer by her grandmother, she researched this particular ancestor. And it's what she learned and how she's inspired by what he overcame wow. that inspires her to overcome what she's dealing with. You know, that is, so you're teaching so many lessons off of a, a fictional character. You're basically using this 15 year old um, to teach so many different life lessons and and also inspire not just the youth or, or adults, inspire a generation on how genealogy can be so important 
to, um, to, to driving you forward and, and, and helping you through so many different life lessons. Uh, what, what kind of, what made, what brought this to be? What made you, you come up with this idea? This is beautiful. I'm so glad you asked that question. So Emory University, which I have so much respect for, the studies that come out of that institution are truly some of the best in this country. Well, they released a study um, about eight years ago, which they conducted on kids and teenagers mm -hmm. and 20 specific questions on these kids' family histories. And if the kids knew the answers to these 20 questions, the study showed that they got higher grades in school, uh -huh. they had higher self-esteem, self they were much more secure in the success of their own families, and um, there are several other research results that I thought, oh my gosh, kids, we need to draw in this younger generation and make sure that they know where they come from so that they feel a, um, a more secure place on this earth, so that they're making better choices, so that they won't be um, led astray so easily, that they'll feel more grounded. And um, the theme of this book also is um, very... Um, your connection to God matters as well very yes. much. And and so um, with you, how have you found uh, your connection with God affected through uh, through your journey and and studying uh, your past and all of those things? Well, I I have um, I'm 53 years old, and I I don't even know what old is. Maybe a hundreds old. I don't even know, but. Honestly, life we'll begins. With that. that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> but I, um, I've had an interesting life in that I have had a lot of trials, but I don't look at it in any context of being a victim. Yeah. I look at all of my trials as blessings from God because of what I learned from them. But I have a sister that um, committed suicide, and um, just what I learned from overcoming that grief and having experiences where I know she's with God and that he's taking care of her. And, um, and then my father passed away and I was so close to my dad. Yeah. He passed away five years ago, but I cannot think of him to this day without tearing up. That's how much I miss him. Wow. And I was very blessed to have a father that, um, was an incredible example to me and he loved God and he loved his family and I can still feel him with me because his influence is always there. So the people that go before us always leave their influence behind in their records, in their journals, what we can sense about them, what we can feel about them. And so um, with teenagers, I just wanted the youth today to be able to have that kind of a solid foundation to stand on, to know where they came from. And so that is why I wrote Beth, the character, into the book. You know, and I, I love that. I, I'm a, a youth pastor um, as oh, well. Yeah. And so I deal with the youth of today um, all mm -hmm. of the time, uh, every, you, you know, every day in, in and out of the schools. Um, I'm uh, feeding football teams, speaking to them and doing all of these different type of things. And if it's one thing uh, that I have noticed um, with a lot of the youth of today is the uncertainty of tomorrow, uh, especially mm -hmm. 
during all that is going on and everything they've got everything at the push of a button. And I just, I'm concerned of, of our youth for today. If they were to suddenly lose that, if they were to suddenly, uh, 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 we were to suddenly hit uh, famine or something, would we know how to, uh, uh, would we know where we came from? What could we learn from our roots if we don't know them? And the answer is no. Right. And the interesting thing is that everything we're experiencing right now on this earth has happened over and over and over throughout the history of time. And so if we can connect and see how people overcame things and, and we live in, yes, really uh, times that have never existed on this earth when it comes to technology and everything we have access to, it really is insane when you stop and think about this world that we live in compared to the, the thousands and thousands of years since Adam and Eve. It's just there's, there's no comparison when it comes to that stuff. But the hearts and minds of humans are the same as they were when Adam and Eve were born. We're still God's children. We can still make that choice. Do we look to him or are we looking somewhere else? What choice is that we're going to make? And so when we have ancestors that we can find who found their strength in God, like Alan Hamilton and his family, it reminds us, what are we doing? Where are we finding our strength? Yeah. Do we need to step back and start making some new choices? Do we need to get off of our phones? Because Destin, you and I are cut from the same mold. I have been a youth leader for, I'll, tell, I'll say it, decades. Right. <laughs> and so I love, love, love the youth. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about, what you're seeing. Yes. Um, with, with that, um, you know, I, you know I, I worked Ten and I've got a crazy uh, past myself. I've worked in the oil and gas industry 10 and a half years before going into ministry and, and all of that. And I saw um, the bottom fall out of the market. Uh, that was a booming oil field industry. And all of a sudden, 200,000 jobs lost. Mine was one of them. Uh, wow. and, and kind of life transition, something I felt God was moving through that the whole time. And so mm. it really set me on my my new journey, my new trajectory. For a lot of people, Wendy, um, there, there were a lot of people who lost everything. There wow. were uh, a lot of people who lost their wives, uh, who, who even lost their lives through, through suicide oh. and stuff like that as, as well. And, and so, mm -hmm. um, just, just a major, major catastrophe that happened. And so I just want to encourage people that, you, you know, um, by looking back and understanding hardships and, and, and looking at the trials of, of so many others, especially through our own bloodline, uh, can can really help us overcome hardships and, and trials that we may be facing right now. Now, yes. with 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 once upon a time or once upon an Irish summer, when somebody opens that book and they start right there at the front page and they make it they make it through that book and they close it for the final time and they go to put it up on the shelf. What do you hope that that reader? walks away with my hope in writing the book is that i can interest people in exploring their own family histories 
and getting to know the people that they come from and honoring them, learning from them, and then standing on their shoulders to become someone even better. Wow. Wow. That is, that is so huge. And, and I, I just want to commend you for, um, for your, your, your task ahead of you is, is huge and, and taking on, um, that role of trying to help people, uh, just become better, you know, and, and helping and helping history not have to repeat, uh, each other. We can learn from the past to build a better tomorrow. We can. And I believe that that's one of God's biggest hopes for his children. Learn from the past. Let's make every generation better. Yes. And, and at some point in the very near future, Jesus Christ will return to this earth. Amen. And are we ready for that? Yeah. What are we doing to prepare and, ourselves? You know, that's, that's exactly right. And I woke up um, last night in the middle of the night with a word on my heart. And I had to break out um, my phone and I, and I wrote this note down. Uh, in the middle of the night, and it was um, guard your life, guard your soul. And when mm. I, I sat and I meditated on that, and I turned to Proverbs four twenty through twenty seven, and really got to looking through what what that could mean. And it was talking about you know guard your heart, um, be careful with your mouth, be careful, um, be careful in your feet, the direction you're walking, and just just really taking heed of what you're letting influence you, what you, what you're letting guide you and shape you and mold you uh, is so vital in, in guarding your life to guard your soul. God doesn't, God doesn't necessarily need us, but he wants to use us. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. No, I just love that. Um, You know, my husband and I, through this pandemic, We've, we have had a lot of discussions um, as we sit with our scriptures open. And we have changed many things about our lives. Mm-hmm. So because we both work at home, our escape would often be, hey, let's go to a movie. You know, let's get away from our offices. And we don't do that anymore. Yeah. There are very few movies, in my opinion, that are going to lift you in any way. I agree. Yeah. There, there are incredible Christian filmmakers that I support with all my heart. And um, I wish there was more of that going on right now. There, there isn't. But, um, yeah, I just – That's so we, true. You, you, we even got rid of Netflix because of oh really, really questionable material that they are presenting. Yes, and I've I've uh, I'm right there with you on all of that. It's really it's really questionable. It's it's downright um, wrong and spooky. And you know, I just yeah. uh, I, I look I look at the future and and I just wonder. Um, well, we kind of we know where it's all headed, and the Bible says that you know, yeah. like labor pains, this stuff will intensify. But yes, uh, but your journey, your mission is to actually look back on the past. I love how you explained it because I feel this uh, in my heart as well. Like we can learn from our ancestors. This is, it's almost as if they're speaking to you. Yes. When you, when you go to these, they're, 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 
they're groaning out the lessons they've learned and, and the things that we could take away. Uh, I got the, the chance to go to Israel and, and walk through oh. Israel and walk through uh, the same streets that Jesus walked and uh, uh, many mm-hmm. of the same places um, that, that Jesus preached. And I actually got to uh, preach to a group um, over there of, of about, I don't know, 80 or so people that were there. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I got to, to preach the word of God in Israel. And it was just, it was such a surreal, beautiful moment, but I could feel that same thing. I could feel that, I could feel that tug on my heart. I could feel that pool of so much life experienced so many oh, yeah. lessons learned, so many lessons missed, you know, oh, yes. uh, yeah. in, in all of that. And, and I just love that. Me too. So you can really feel it, can't you, Justin? It's yeah. just like you're standing in, in this um, thick, surrounded by this thick blanket of, of what the past wants to teach you. <laughs> what <laughs> They want you to know so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so now, when you're talking to someone about the importance of genetic uh, genealogy, um, what is your your overall approach to someone on why they should be interested of where they came from? Well, so with genetic genealogy being a new tool for researching ancestors, so really, it's only been in about the past 10 years that people could really take a DNA test and have it mean something along with traditional genealogical research records. So I, I think everyone should take a DNA test because if you do, it's only going to connect all of us that much quicker because as the DNA databases grow for each of these companies, you're going to get closer and closer relative matches. And um, it used to be, you know, seven years ago, I was lucky if I would get a second cousin match showing up in the database for a client out of maybe um, one in five clients. Yeah. And with a second cousin match, I have to go back in time to the great grandparents and then build the tree forward in time and find all the descendants. So if it gets back to, if you only have a third cousin, it gets a lot more difficult. But if you have a first cousin show up, then building that tree isn't that difficult, especially with um, ancestry.com has such uh, user-friendly tools, you, you know, find your records and build your tree. But even now, because, Ancestry has a database that is approaching um, 20 million people. There's many people now that can take a test and they'll have an uncle or a grandparent just sitting there, a biological one. And so if we all test, this is just going to happen for more people much quicker. You know, I've got, I've got so many questions into how, like how you do this and how, uh, uh, how this is done and you dig and build this tree. And it's just, um, it is, it is an amazing, amazing thing, you know, and I, uh, I encourage any of our listeners go get this done, get this book and really understand, 
um, what you can what you can really learn through uh, studying our ancestors. Now, if people want to learn more about you, uh, Wendy, where where could they go to learn more about you? Learn more about genetic genealogy and and learn about how to get their hands on Once Upon an Irish Summer. So to get Once Upon an Irish Summer, you can go to my website, wendywilsonspooner.com, or you can go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Um, my book is listed in um, many Christian catalogs. It's in Christian bookstores. It's um, pretty much anywhere the books are sold. And if you want to learn more about my genetic genealogy, path and um, want to reach out to me for help with that, go to knowmyroots.com, K-N-O-W. All right. Well, hey, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed you, Miss Wendy, and I'm super excited um, to see where Once Upon an Irish Summer goes. And, and did you say you had a sequel coming out to this? Yes, it will be released in the spring. It's called Celtic Winter, and it is a continuation of the story um, in both timelines. Beautiful, beautiful. So much history to be learned. Uh, so much to be known by knowing uh, where we came from and, and learning those lessons. And uh, uh, so much, not just health-wise, but really learning from our uh, history can help us in our in our future. So again, I just, I thank you so much. Um, any final words or, or words of encouragement, Miss Wendy? You know, my tagline is find your family, find yourself. So wow. go do it. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, if you will thank, uh, hold on for just a minute. As for our listeners, I will see you in the next couple of days.